welcome down to episode number 31 of the Down South Photo Show with me, Brendan Waits, here in Ocean Grove in Victoria, Australia. And Australia. my other mate, Australia, my other mate <laughs> down south, down further south than me, Cam Blake, down in Hobart Town, Tasmania, Australia. G'day, Cam. G'day, Brendan. We are down south, and I'm a bit further down south, and can't yeah. get much. you can't get much further south than me. Well, you can, but you might get a bit cold. Yeah, you don't probably want to live there. It's a bit further. No. That'd be tell awesome. You, Let's do a workshop in Antarctica. I'll tell you what, that's, that's my bucket list. I know we've spoken about, I know we're like five seconds into the show, but we've spoken about bucket lists before, and Antarctica is on my bucket list. Yeah, I'll, be I'll, I'll, cool. I'll, I'll oh, I was just about to say it'd be pretty cool. Oh, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, it's be, been a long It'd be day. a pretty chilled out kind of, kind of trip, I reckon. Don't, don't. That's so bad. Anyway, um, I'm good, thank you oh. for asking. Welcome to Dad's Jokes Down South Photo Show. Um, good. Uh, thanks to everyone who tuned in, tuned in to the live show on Sunday night. We had a ball doing that. Um, that was great. I really, per speaking for myself, not mm. speaking for Cameron, but he has, uh, his, he will have his own opinion. Um, I love him. I really enjoy doing it because the interaction is great and yeah. seeing people's questions coming through live is really good and, and yeah. hopefully answering them uh it was great and it makes i think it makes for really good content uh yeah. did you did you enjoy that cam yeah i i like i know you you absolutely thrive on the live shows i know that every time we get off the live show you're like i love doing them live shows i love them and i'm yeah. the same I, I really enjoy it because yeah, it's almost like you are in front of a live studio audience in a way like you're getting that real time feedback and yeah it is it is nice because people listen to the podcast and i'm sure i, I do it with podcasts i listen to like you're almost talking to the podcast, even though it's pre-recorded. Like, oh yeah, I get that. Oh, you know, you know what? She really did murder him. You know, that, oh, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. So it's good to get that that interaction um, with people, and you know, it gives people an hour to fill in, listening to us carry on about photography. Yeah, and I also love the fact that I can just click go live, and it's on the YouTube channel, and I don't have to edit anything. But that's fine. I yeah. don't mind editing. Don't take that the wrong way. It's I don't it's mind. Not, it. It's not not what you said two minutes ago. That's fine. I love editing. Editing yeah. is what I do best. Yeah. Um, we will come to backgrounds in a second, but I would just like to ask how your week has been. Cam, you've been out, uh, been behind uh, the camera in the last few days? Or I have, actually. So <clears throat> well, not really much behind. Oh, look out, the show started and the wife's walking through the background. There she goes again. Nice. She yeah. does it. If anyone's watching on YouTube, if you really slow down the frame rate, you could probably see her love heart little boxer shorts that she wears around the house when... When she's running through the back of our screen, um, I'm pixelating that. I'm yeah, pixelated. Yeah, pixelated out. Um, yeah, I actually went out. Um, I went out yesterday. I went up to Launceston with a friend. Uh, we went out for dinner up there. She actually drove two hours to this really nice steak restaurant, the Black Cow Restaurant in Launceston. Uh, but on the way, we stopped in Ross, which is that beautiful little historic township, and got a nice little shot of the Ross Bridge. And I uh, got some sort of nice sort of yellow and sort of golded light and the reeds and the grass in the foreground with the old bridge. So that was pretty cool, but um, that's about all I've done, really. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to get some more. I was going to go out today, actually. I thought maybe I was pretty moody and very humid down here. I thought I'd go out and try and get some conditions, but I ended up just chilling out. So Yeah, the humidity has been off the charts mm. here in southeastern Australia. Um, and I, this, and I, so yeah, go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, I gather you haven't um, been out. You've been pretty busy with the shops. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, look, it could be a case of be careful what you wish for because yeah. after a couple of years of it being pretty darn flat on the business front, um, yeah. 
it's safe to say things are back in full swing, which is great. Fan, and and of course, I would never complain. I mean, the the alternative sucks, but I, yeah. and I like being busy. However, um, hard to find staff at the moment, Cam. Mm. Where um, mm. we've advertised for staff, uh, casual position at our store at Ocean Grove, and yeah. we have had a couple of resumes, which I'm working my way through. But um, normally, when I advertise for staff, I get about thirty resumes. Uh, this right. time, I've had like two or three, so it's a, it's a bit of a battle, but. Um, yeah. You know, it is what it is. We're just going yeah. to work through it. And it just means that I end up doing 14-hour days, which is not going to kill me. It's fine. It's a total first-world problem. I understand that. Um, but still, but, it's, it's a big day, back-to-back. <laughs> it, it is, and, and it just yeah. it's a bit relentless at the moment. And um, it's interfering yeah. with my Wednesday golf, and we just can't have that, Cam. Oh, I can't be. Um, the, the advertising that you're doing, is that for casual, part-time, full-time? Yeah, or, so I'm advertising for a casual position with the potential for more. So okay. um, uh, the reason I'm advertising it like that is because the growth is back, but we just don't know how much growth is going to be. Yeah, and I yeah. and I understand that that makes it a bit restrictive for people to uh, yeah. apply for a position. Yeah. Uh, but at, but at the same time, um, there's an opportunity there, and hopefully, yeah. and also I think with the country reopening as well, um, we might see the backpacker market come back. Yeah. And generally, the backpacker market means they move into the hospitality, yeah. and then people that have been doing hospitality because there was nothing else around then move up in maybe into retail and other jobs like that. So yeah, it's and, all and cyclical. It, it, it'll, it'll change. And everyone loves photography, but having a, I guess, having a bit of a passion for photography, working in a camera shop would definitely be a given, wouldn't it? Yeah. Look, ideally, I've got someone who's who's keen on photography, and a lot of mm. people are. Yeah. Um, someone who's keen on photography and also might have a bit of uh, photoshopping experience would be great, and a bit of retail experience. So yeah, I mean, it's 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 relatively yeah. specific, but you could get uh, um, at the same could, time. I would have thought we'd have more applications, but anyway, you could get Ash Hughes. He's got nothing else to do, has he? Get him to come no, work for you. No, he's. I've 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 said to him, you need to you need to quit your job and, yeah. and come and work for me. Ash is taking off around Australia in early 2023. Oh, that is too. So. Is he's, yeah, anyway. This is so not the Ash. This is not the Ash the same show boat. anyway. No. no, it's not. We did that a few weeks, uh, a couple of months well, ago. Well, there was, there was a callback last week that someone said he needs to come back on the show, but okay. I, I, I don't know. I think he needs to submit a resume, to be honest. <laughs> that could be arranged. Uh, <laughs> your background, moving right along, your background this week, Cam, yes. what, what are we looking at there? Uh, for those, uh, can you just explain it for yeah, those I, who I, are I not visual? Uh, yeah, for those at home that aren't visual, um, this is a sort of a couple of mountain ranges with some really cool sort of valleys in between with some sun rays coming in from the left of screen, right of screen, depending which way you want to look at it. Um, so it's a real late afternoon shot, uh, but it looks like it's taken from a drone, but it's not. It's actually taken from a light plane uh, on our way back from the southwest of Tassie. This is actually a bit of an older shot, uh, probably about a year and a half old now. Uh, but we just got that really good sort of five, ten minutes of light where the sun just sort of sneaks under the bottom layer of clouds and lights all the, the valleys below. So, yeah, I just I always come back to this this kind of shot. I like that sort of light rays lighting up valleys and the, the light to dark and the moodiness. So it's a beautiful spot. Um, you know, where, where you can see there, you can't really get in any roads. That's, that's a good couple of days walking into there, at least three or four days. So um, very un, unexplored as well, so. Nice. And yours? So, sorry, what what part of Tassie is that? Uh, to southwest. So I think uh, the mountain range that's popping out the side of my head, going out towards the sun. I believe that is part of the Eastern Arthur's Range, and the one over the back there behind me might also be part of the Western Arthur's Range. So it's out near 
uh, Lake Pedder, out that sort of way, out sort of the south southwest coast of Tassie. Um, looks, it's, an ama- looks amazing, awesome. it's an amazing spot. Um, you can get out there in certain spots and roads. And one of the, one of the if you ever come to Tassie, anyone, and you want to obviously you come in with me because you've booked in a workshop, no doubt. But if you haven't, shame on you. But if you do come down here <laughs> uh, and you do have a higher car, which most people do, uh, make sure you go down to a place called the Scotts Peak Dam Lookout, uh, or it's also referred to as Red Knoll Lookout. Uh, it's out towards Lake Pedder, out through Mount Field, out, out the back of Hobart. Uh, but it's one of the most picturesque roads you can drive on. And you can just stop every couple of kilometres and just surrounded 360 degree views like this. Uh, it's an incredible spot. Um, it, it's up there with one of the, the prettiest roads in Australia that I've driven on. Um, but yeah, it's out that way, sort of southwest. So. Well, the uh, the light that you've got going on there just absolutely oh, nails it. It's, it's so nice. Um, and all the... You know, for want of a better term, all the creases in the, yeah. in the valley and, and all the little hills and hillocks and stuff like that. Yeah, we've got and, the contrast of light and dark. It's 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 really cool shot. And and the beautiful thing about Tassie as well, all we have all these button grass plains. So in between all the mountains, you got these valleys and plains, and it's all button grass. And as soon as you get to that magic hour, that golden hour, it literally lights up yellow and gold. It, it has such a great color to shoot. Um, so yeah, it's not. You know, it's not hard to create really nice shots. But we, we were lucky. We had a really good pilot on the way back. Uh, he sort of, he took us out of the way because he could see the light was, he sort of followed the light a bit himself, really. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. And you're back, Very uh, handy. you're still at Port Ferry by the look of it. And you're back around. Uh, the more I think about that trip to Port Ferry, the more I, um, the more I like it. I really, really did enjoy my time down there. Uh, yeah. Didn't take as many photos as I thought I would, but when I did, it was they they came strong. It was good. Yep. I really enjoyed it. That that lighthouse is brilliant. That's yeah. such a focal point for the whole area, really. Yeah. Um, because it's so low lying as well. Like as you can see, there's not a lot of you know hills and mountains like behind you. Like it's a yeah. very flat sort of terrain there around the Port Ferry area. So this is a drone shot that I did yep. uh, on the sunset on the last Sunday night that I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just put the drone out over the ocean, angled it down a little bit to get a bit of wave action. Yeah. And then yeah, the went ahead and di- Yeah, it was like a one fifteenth, one twentieth of a second from the drone. It's yeah. just ridiculous how it can it can handle uh, longer exposure photography. So yeah. um, I'd like to point out and hang on, I'll, I'm gonna flick it to full screen just so everyone can get the full effect of this. That I am still well and truly in the four-thirds aspect ratio, and I cannot, for the life of me, work it out. If you know how to fix this issue, God, um, it's because uh, I use my phone as my webcam uh, mm. in the Zoom meeting. Now, if I, you know, got an actual webcam, which would be a piece of cake for me to do, but I've never bothered to, yeah, uh, that would change straight away. But apparently, it's a glitch in the Zoom software that. Um, because sounds, like, sense- sounds like sounds like more of a glitch with the operator. No, no, apparently, yeah? okay. no, no. Hear me, hear okay. me out. Apparently, okay. on phones, because phones rock a four third sensor, um, right. to give you the most resolution, they don't they don't allow you to crop in 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 the Zoom app. Um, mm. So the mm. native resolution it uses native resolution on the front facing camera. Apparently, right. Um, yeah, which I just googled by the way. So um, I'm, I'm googling now to see if you. Yeah, yeah, but uh, anyway, this, this is not content that the viewers are going <laughs> to. No, they don't, they don't care about that. But uh, yeah, that's no, a, no, a no, great. No, no. But anyway, no. it's it's interesting that anyway, I might just yeah. get myself a webcam and fix all that. Um, <laughs> I really, uh, really enjoyed 
um, the trip down to Port Ferry. And just reflecting on what I've been up to this week, I'm doing a lot of work. I need to really need to get out and take more photos. The last two, three times that I've been out shooting, I've got yep. so much out of it um, and forget the images. I took yep. some nice photos. That's great. What I got out of it is what we're going to talk a bit about tonight, uh, our main topic for the night, and that is why photography is good for the soul, and we're going to discuss uh, how photography can help clear your mind um, and help you overcome. So, um, which which was, yeah, it's it's a really good topic because, as I say, the last two, three times I've been out uh, shooting, I've I've just walked away on an absolute high, and, of course, I think... The main reason for that is that you're out in nature or you're out at least mm. experiencing what nature can deliver. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, again, this is a great topic and uh, I think it's a topic that probably doesn't get spoken about enough really in the sort of forums that we hang out in really. Um, I think everyone understands how good photography is for your soul but again, like anything that goes around your mental health and stuff like that, it's not necessarily discussed that widely and openly. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I love going out and taking photos. And, you know, we've done our little manual film click thing and how good it is to wind film on and the good feeling you get out of that. But I think you're right. There is something to it where you just get out in nature. Um, if you can leave your phone in the car or, or turn your phone off or whatever, and it really just becomes you, your camera, and, and what you're looking at. And um, it is good for the soul. You know, you get out and, you know, you might come away with some nice photos, but I guarantee you, you very rarely come back not feeling better mentally for going out on a trip to you know like Port Ferry or out where I've gone in the background here um there is definitely something about it and um yeah I think I think that's it's an important topic because you know this day and age everyone you know everyone has their own little demons and things like that and you know just look at what's going on today in the world we've got this whole conflict going over in Europe um you know life's not easy as it used to be um a lot more stresses and things like that so Particularly if we reflect on what's gone on in the last couple of years, um, and mm. let's be honest, if if the pandemic never happened, this show wouldn't exist. The the yeah. one of the reasons we we decided to launch this show was because I think we were we were looking to probably reconnect with what we do and in a slightly different way. Um, yep. You know, and, and the podcast has given us that avenue. So uh, it's been um, this has been really cathartic for me, and like yep. I say weekly it's not about the likes and the clicks and the views and all that sort of stuff it's about getting together with like-minded people and talking about the thing that drives us and that we're passionate about and nothing can i think nothing can uh make me happier than when i'm out in the field with a camera yeah yeah i agree and i think you're right exactly about why we started this show as well it's not it's absolutely nothing about stroking our egos you know you know yes we plug our workshops and our businesses and we have a bit of a laugh and a bit of banter and stuff but really to me i find these these podcasts it's almost like running a bit of a workshop it's like almost like running a live you know sort of photography chat like the same sort of thing that we do on workshops when we go out and you know we're hoping or i hope that um you know, these episodes that we put out make people feel a bit better about themselves for 45 minutes an hour each week. And if we can have, make people have a bit of a laugh and at our expense or their own expense or whatever. Um, but it all, it all comes back to the camera and it all comes back to like to getting out into, into nature and enjoying yourself. And I've just looked up a quote. There's a famous quote by Peter Dombrovskis, the famous Tasmanian landscape photographer. Never heard uh, of him. Again, if you haven't looked him up, God, <laughs> just do yourself a favor. Um, but he, he had a famous quote about when he used to go out. So this guy used to 
take a large format camera, um, carry, you, know, you go out in the bush for, you know, in the wilderness, out to these sort of spots behind me for, you know, days on end, if not weeks. And his quote was, when you go out there into the wilderness, you don't get away from it all, you get back to it all. You come home to what's important and you come home to yourself. And I, th I, I think that that is that it, you couldn't be any more spot on with that because you, you do, you get away from, like I said, you get away from all the stresses, work, you know, you know, family pressures, whatever it might be, even if it's an hour a week, you know, it's, it's just as good as going for a walk along your local trail, I think. Um, and then if you can come back and share some nice images and capture some nice light or, you know, capture something quite unique, then that's a bonus to me. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds kind of weird and a little bit pathetic to say this, but I make time religiously to go play golf. And yeah. I know we talk about golf a lot on this show, so forgive us, but, um, I, I do it because I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm a golf tragic. Yeah. I'm also a photography tragic. I love photos. I love looking at images. I love imagery. Um, Instagram was a godsend for someone like me because I love scrolling through and yeah, what what you know, looking at images that make me stop and pause and actually take them in. Yeah. Um, what I'm getting at here is as much as I can book in for a round of golf, why don't I book in weekly photography for a photo shoot. Exactly right. Yeah. And and yeah. I just don't. And yeah. that's that's an issue, I think, because, you know, I've, I've been watching the sunset out here. Because yeah. We, we record this. This yeah. time of year we're recording this. It's around, you know, 8, 8.30 and, and down here in, in Victoria. It's when the sun's setting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I haven't been out and shot a sunset for ages. But, you know, as I say, like I can schedule my life you know, for things I enjoy. Well, why aren't I scheduling time to go and take yeah. photos? So yeah. I think yeah. that's something that personally I can change. And if the listeners and viewers um, yeah. can can form a habit like that, I, I think I think uh, a couple of things will happen. One, you will improve your photography, yeah. which can also be quite cathartic as well. But you will also um, chill the hell out. I think yeah. it'll, it'll help. It'll help you. Yeah, I agree, and and that's what you're saying about Instagram. I, mean, I, I rag Instagram out and social media out a bit, but you're right. Like there, there, there is something about the medium of photography that is really important because I get lots of comments from people who enjoy my work, and it's not necessarily about oh that's a great photo. It's a, it's almost a comment saying thank you for taking me there because I'll, I'll never go there or I can't physically go there or I don't have the means or I'm on the other side of the world or whatever it might be. And that's something I think photography is really, really good at is it can transport you mentally to an incredible spot. So whether or not it's, you know, the northern lights up in the middle of nowhere uh, or, you know, if it's in Antarctica that we're talking about or wherever. Um, photography, you know, you know, they say a picture tells a thousand words. Well, yeah, it, it takes you to somewhere that, you know, maybe you can't get to. So it's, it's really important that we still continue to share our photography. But like you said as well, for the guys that enjoy photography, it's just as important to give yourself time to go out and do it. Um, it should never be a chore to me. Uh, you know, if you're doing any hobby that you like and it's becoming a chore, then it's gone past being a hobby and it's become it's become a, a bit of an issue. So um, I, I'm the same. I always try and you know, even last night, you know, I got a shot of that Ross Bridge. You know, that's a nice shot, but it's not anyway nowhere near my best work. But it was just nice to stop to get out of the car. It was really balmy and really, you know, right quite warm in the Midlands of Tassie and. The, the bridge was great. The light was great. Good company. Took a couple of photos. Was happy with that. Uh, got back in the car and went and had a nice dinner. So, you know, we only did 30 minutes of shooting. Um, but, yeah, then again, I think it's, yeah, it's all about that sort of memory of where you were as well. Um, 
so yeah, I think it's very important. So um, yeah, I think people need to really make time to, to get out and do the yeah. things they love. Yeah, I completely agree. And and it's funny how um, yeah, getting out and, and into these places is is as we say quite cathartic and, and stress relieving and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But there is also that moment in time when you take the photo and you know yeah. that it's not only that you've been you've been able to capture it and you've honed your skills over time to know how to capture it and and you know known how to set your camera and all that sort of stuff to you know to technically get the photo yeah but that euphoric moment when you're actually there just witnessing it yeah um yeah and the the one that jumps out in my mind was the trip to mungo last year back in may last year um mungo national park i can still i can remember it so vividly that you know we we found a really cool spot that i don't know that anyone had really well, I'd never seen it on a map before. We sort of stumbled across it, mm. um, pitched ourselves up. It was myself and my brother-in-law, and um, who, who is a very, very keen amateur photographer himself. Um, we sort of just pitched ourselves up, set up our tripods. He wandered off three, 400 metres away over this way. He found his own little composition. Yeah. And we sat there, and we waited for the light to come. Yeah. We didn't talk to each other and yell across this. It was absolutely silent. I yeah, mean, I, yeah. it was ridiculous how quiet. It was scary quiet. It was that yeah. quiet. Not a breath of wind. And it was just like, you know, we're watching the sun dip down. I'm like, well, this is going to be pretty special, like no yeah. matter what. Yeah. Uh, and then a car came along, and you could hear it for kilometres away, and it kicked up dust, and there was, I said there was no wind. There was probably just enough to drift the dust across the sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and it just the color just exploded. It yeah. was just this natural dust filter going across the sunset. Yeah. Cool. Um, I've probably I'll chuck a photo up now. I've 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 done. I've probably shown you this photo before, but yeah. This this particular image, um, I've never tried to sell it. It's it's not even on my website. It's just yeah. It's just something for me. I think I don't even know if I will sell it. I am definitely gonna. Do a massive big canvas on it and chuck it up here yeah. in my shed or in the or inside, yeah. um, and and it's always going to take me back to that moment where it really was a moment of euphoria and to to the point where I think I even gave a Yahoo. <laughs> it was, just, yeah. it was yeah. you know it was just like look at this you know it was yeah. so good. And I think that like I think the other thing about those moments and you know I'm pretty sure anyone listening or anyone who's been shooting for a little while, you've, you've all had that moment. Whether or not you've captured the photo, that's a different story. But we've all had that moment where you just sit there and you just go, wow, that's pretty cool. That's really pretty. Or the Hagwood's that yeah. light. I, I did a shot out in the southwest once, and it's probably one of my favorite shots. It's just um, the same same sun rays going between all these. So it's like a lake and then the sun rays, and there's a rain shower going through the sun. And I took the photo, and straight in the back, back of my camera, like that's that's going to be a cracker. That That's going to work really well. But then I, I just looked at it, and I looked around, and I looked around, and I was on this red knoll lookout that I advised people before to go, and you're sort of up about a couple hundred metres above this lake. And I looked around, and I, I thought to myself, I'm like, I am the only person in the entire earth who's seen this right now. No one else mm -hmm. has seen it. No one else mm -hmm. has actually been here and seen this moment. And it took my breath away for about 20 seconds. I'm like, that's bloody incredible. Like, in a world where everyone knows everything and knows everywhere and does everything, I know for a fact that I'm the only person that's seen the exact same scene here at the moment. And to me, that was a bit of a turning point for my photography was to try and find more of those moments where 
I was somewhere where I know no one else was watching something happen that no one else was seeing and doing my best to capture it on a sensor. And I think if you can use that man mantra to go out and try and create interesting photos, then I think that'll, that'll really help people. If you can go, you know, you don't have to be on your own, you can be with a friend or whatever, but, you know, minimize who you go out with, try and really isolate the spot you go to and try and get to somewhere that you just don't think anyone's going to be and get a photo of something that no one's ever going to see. Because like you said, I can look at that photo, I can look at that photo in 40 years' time and I can tell you exactly what the weather was, what camera, what lens, what setting, what day, what month, what year, the whole thing. It just it just gets stamped on your brain. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like it's it's almost like a you know like an index in your brain that if you need to go somewhere nice just to get over you know you might be having a crappy week or you might be having issues in the relationship or money troubles whatever but you can go and call on that moment and it's a, it's good for your soul it, it's good to clear your mind. No, it absolutely is, and, and I think um, as well um, it's as far as your camera skills are concerned. I just want to talk about that for a second. If you um, if you go out and take photos, um, you know, on a regular basis. Now, and we're not saying you have to go and find what Cam took a photo of, or, or go to Lake Mungo, or whatever. You know, go to your local yeah. park, your local national park, your local beach, your lo in anywhere that's relatively close by that you can get to and get back home within an hour, for example. Yeah. Um, if you do that regularly, it becomes sort of self-perpetuating in terms of you will start to get better naturally at photography. Yes, that's right. And one one feeds the other. In other words, yeah. you get better at photography, you start taking better images, you start chasing better images. Yeah. And and you know it all as I say it self perpetuates. And um, to me, that's that's what. Although at the moment I'm in that time of my life where we've got kids, they're in high school, they've got their needs. I've got a business to run. We've got bills to pay. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. I love the skills that I'm that I'm gaining at the moment because yeah. I know that once the kids are off our hands and you know the R word comes retirement, um, I'm yeah. going to have I'm going to have a really cool thing. It, it'll probably hopefully become a hobby again. Yeah. Where, yeah. You know where I'm where I'm, I'm I can go out and start chasing chasing yeah. the landscapes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I I can't recommend enough if you. Uh, battling a little bit, you know, at the moment with everything that's going on in the world, or, or like Cam said, if you've got some personal issues and things like that, um, get your camera out and go just yeah. and 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 just go for a wander. And yeah. it doesn't have to be on your own. Find someone like-minded if you want. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and and, and you're 100 right with that as well. And like you were saying with your brother-in-law at Mungo National Park, like I've been out, like I, the workshops I run, I might have five or six people, and we can go out to you know the Tarkine coastline where you've got a bit of room. And we can literally be spread out over a kilometre and not one person saying anything to each other. But if that sunrise goes off or sunset goes off, you don't need any words. You just look at each other and you know straight away that you're in a moment that's really special. You know, and you'll remember who you were there with. You know, like I said, you bring just like I said, it gives you these all good little feelings going through your brain and you know, everyone every like I said, everyone's got some demons going on at the moment. You know, life's not easy as it you know, as it probably should be, but hundred percent, Brendan, if you can Pick up your camera, allocate an hour a week. You know, go to your local beach, go to your local park, whatever it might be. You know, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be necessarily landscape photography. You know, you can make your own little home studio and do portraits with your partner or something like that. Whatever it is, just to turn your brain off everything else and focus. You know, pun intended, on the good stuff, which is photography. So I think it's really important, and I've I've seen a big, huge jump in the last probably five to ten years 
that people are using photography as a, as a tool for anxiety and, and mental health issues. Um, and I think it's great. Like I think if, if, it, if it's going to help you be, be better for yourself internally, then, you know, like you said, it's not all about the photo. It's about the whole process and the whole, the whole thing about getting out there. So uh, get it done, folks. Get a camera. It's like buying a dog, I reckon. You know, you know, people say, you know, if you're lo- if you're lonely or you've got some issues, buy a dog. Well, if you if you've got some issues mentally, mental health issues or anxiety or whatever, go buy a camera if you can afford to, of course. Or it doesn't eat as much and it won't bite the mailman. That's true. It won't wee over your floor. No, exactly. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome topic. And and to that end as well, if you're listening and you need some advice, if you want, you know, we're not. You don't have to come and do a workshop. You can drop us no. a line. Um, yeah. Yeah, if you've got a specific question about something that you're not quite getting right or you, you yeah. just want some advice on, you know, you might sure. be looking at a new camera, a new lens or whatever, and you, and you, and you want to run it past us, then yep. by all means, hit us up in the, in the comments below. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. also to that end, if you do find yourself battling, uh, the number for Lifeline one three eleven fourteen we'll put it up on the screen, and of course Beyond Blue thirteen hundred two two four six three six we'll put those numbers up on the screen for you as well. Yeah, and that, they are having my background. I worked in social services or Department of Human Services for many years, and we had to transfer many customers through to Lifeline or Beyond Blue or, or other services, and. That, you know, there used to be this whole stigma about, you know, oh, I won't ring them. I don't, I don't need to talk to anyone. If you do need help, give them a call because they, they are fantastic. Um, they are really easy to talk to, super professional. Your privacy is completely protected. Um, you know, it might be just that conversation with someone else who's not in your circle just to, just to clear your head out. Um, but again, also just on what you said as well, if people have got any questions or want advice about photography stuff, again, Brendan and I are in this to make money or be you know have our ego stroked if you're looking to buy a camera you've got something that you can't figure out just just drop us an email or a message or something like that and we'll, we'll do our best to to help you out as much as we can yeah and if you want to keep it private just drop us an email rather than put it in the comments yeah, yeah. below we understand yeah, that's, right. that's totally Absolutely. fine yeah. as well or um you probably even find us on facebook and dm us or whatever you do whatever the kids yeah. do these days cameron yeah i don't know tiktok tiktok video asking the question could you imagine me doing a tiktok video cam Someone asked me the other day about TikTok. I went, what? TikTok? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Do I look like I'm 15? No. No, you certainly don't. <laughs> I'm 30, right? <laughs> uh, great topic. Um, let's talk a little bit about some gear because uh, mm. our friends over at Conan have um, dropped a couple Pr- of... Proud show sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> have, dro- have, have dropped a couple of humdingers today. Um, now, forgive me, they're not landscape... Well, I've got no idea what they are. I have got no idea what these are. This is new to me, folks. So, Canon Canon today have announced an 800 millimeter f 5.6 RF lens, of course, and a and a 1200 millimeter f 8 RF mount lens. 1200 millimeter that will sell for seventeen thousand and twenty thousand dollars US, respectively. Now it's fascinating to me Why? that they've gone down this path um yeah. a 1200 millimeter f8 lens like first off like can you imagine what this like, i'm I, I would love to have a crack at it i would love to see what what that delivers particularly at f8 now i'm assuming they're happy to let them drift out 
to F8, considering how good sensors are and the dynamic yeah. range in sensors and stuff is going to probably drag it back to an equivalent F4, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, but image stabilized. Um, now, apparently, it's the 35th anniversary of Canon's EOS line is coming up. And so they're right. doing it. They're releasing it in time with that. Um, pretty amazing. Have you got them up on this? You haven't got um, them there, I am, I am looking at them now. So, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, they'd be bloody heavy. They would be incredibly heavy. I was so, looking at the spec. They look great, and yeah, gee whiz, they're yeah. expensive. Now, now, so. all, not, not only <laughs> you've also got access to uh, Canon's new uh, teleconverters as well, which is an oh, RF one point four and an RF two uh, two times uh, extender or teleconverter. Yeah. So, effectively, does that make the twelve hundred mil lens a twenty four hundred millimeter lens? Uh, yeah, you could. I could shoot you from here. <laughs> That's, I'm looking forward to seeing Neil Armstrong's footprint on the moon. Thanks. Can we, yeah. can we get a shot of that? Thanks, Canon. That'd be pretty amazing. Uh, the, uh, so I'll, I'll put a link in the description. You can go and yeah, check these wow. behemoths out. Um, well, here's, here's, a couple, here's a couple of little throwaway specs for you. Sorry to interrupt. Um, no, you're right. So the 800 has a minimal focal distance of six meters uh, <laughs> and weighs 4,500 grams, so four and a half kilos. Four and a half kilos, Okay. Um, That's probably lighter than I thought, actually. Strangely enough, the 1200 mil has a minimal focus distance of 4.3 meters. Don't know how that works. Okay. Okay. Um, That's that's physics. And actually weighs a kilo less. How does it work? Ah, no, I think I know why. I think it's because it actually has less elements and less groupings of elements. Well, let's have a look. Let's let's have a look at that. I read that somewhere. So So the um, the 1200 has 26 elements in 18 groups. Mm-hmm. And the 800 has 14 elements in 18 groups. So yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't know how it works. Not sure. Could also be lens construction as well. Um, what it they've could actually be. used yeah. to, to try and keep the weight down on the 1200. Wow. So um, this 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 is clearly aimed at wildlife sport photography. Well, this is what I was going to ask you, Cam. Um, mm. You know, uh, you're going to jump into the bank account and grab one of those, or yeah, it um, won't fit on my Olympus, but uh, I'm sure there's an adapter. Um, no, someone I probably would have, someone would have three D printed an adapter for this bad boy already. You can guarantee it. Oh yeah, guarantee. <laughs> um, I probably I probably wouldn't, um, but it, they do look spectacular. And Canon, you know, if, you, if you're ever gonna if you're gonna buy a telephoto lens, then probably Canon's your brand. Like they've they've been world leaders in those super telephoto lenses for many years. Yeah. So, um, so who are we who are we targeting here? Um, as you say, um, rich wildlife. people. <laughs> well, professionals. I mean, if yeah. if you if you ran a professional uh, sports um, oh, agency, yeah. for example, uh, like yeah. companies like Routers and these guys and um, AA, who, I was going to say AAP. Is that who they are? Yeah, AIPP. AIPP. Anyway, people that run Getty Getty Images, for example, like you know, these guys would be you know they'd be. Chucking a few of them into their arsenal for things like, um, yeah. yeah, definitely for sport. That's for sure. Yeah. But, um, geez, I'd yeah. love to get my hands on one of them and take it to Africa or something like that. Well, that well just because I'm an OM system wonderful person that promotes them, uh, the artist formerly known as Olympus. So I've just looked up there. They've got a they've got a really good super telephoto lens as well, yep. which is a I think it's a it's a micro four thirds lens. So obviously it's one fifty to four hundred. So it's a 300 to 1000 mil f 4.5 with a built-in teleconverter which is pretty incredible mm-hmm. um 
that has, I'm just having a look at what the weight of that is, uh, 1.8 kilos, mm-hmm. uh, and it's $11,000. Only 11 grand. Only 11 grand compared, what was the 1,200 and 800? 17,000 or something? 20 grand US. Yeah. So, so that converts to about 24, 25K. Anyway, yeah. look, who cares what they cost? As long, I'm sure they're amazing. So go and check oh, yeah. those out, guys, if particularly yeah, you Canon cool. users. Mel, I know you're listening. Go and have a look. And um, if you want me to order one in for you, they're available in late May. I can look after you there, mate. No problem at all. Would you give them a down south photo show discount? <laughs> I'll give him a cleaning cloth for it. <laughs> what a, you know what? You could give him a filter and you'd probably make a loss because the filters <laughs> would cost a fortune on those things that I imagine. 100%. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And yeah, that, like, yeah, amazing, amazing technology. Um, yep. And that's for the RF, that's for the mirrorless cameras, isn't it? Correct. So it's their first yeah. foray into super telephoto for, yeah. well, super duper telephoto for their RF <laughs> super system. <du-> so. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if that, can you imagine if the brochure came out and said it's super duper telephoto? Yeah, no. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. It would make yeah. us all look um, awesome. We yeah. have uh, a favorite segment of ours, a pet segment it's, of it's, ours. It's back. Back. Back with a vengeance. Uh, Dear Cam is back. But this week, Dear Cam is with a twist because it's actually a dear, it's actually a dear Brendan. Um, yes. However, well, I mean, you, you may be able to yes. answer this, Cam, but um, yeah, it, has, well, it, it says it in the second line. So um, let, let, let me, I'll, I'll read it out this time because it's a dear all right, Brendan. I, 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 hand on heart, I have glanced over it. I can't remember the question. So go. Radio. Radio. So hi, gents. So Straight away, it's sort of directed at both of us, but then I get shot down pretty quick. Well, that gets brownie uh, points because I'm yeah, included in the well, dear cam segment. This the, is ne- the next. The next line gets even more brownie points because I love your show. Keep up the humor and the good work. So this person's oh, on a roll. Lovely, thank you. And then they go a bit downhill. I have a dear Brendan question, so, though Cam can probably oh. answer it too. Yeah, so it's, it's a dear. Maybe it's a dear gent segment. Maybe maybe okay. people don't want to. Maybe people don't want to hear my answers. Um, I'd like to print some images onto good quality canvas rather, rather than cheap printing places. I'm just going to throw in there like Harvey Norman. They didn't say that, but I'm going to chuck it in there. Uh, since this is going to be obviously more expensive, to obviously print on more expensive paper, uh, do I need to do anything different in preparing my images than I would printing on photo paper? Any tips on guaranteeing the image prints as good as it looks on the screen? So that's from Jesse. Jesse is a loyal listener, follower, slash watcher. So thank you, Jesse. Um, I'll, give it, I'll give it a quick crack if you want. Um, okay. I, I like if I'm. It's called print, Dear Cam after all, so it's Dear Cam for slash. Just leave Cam out of it and ask Brendan, but that's okay. I'm not offended mm. much. Um, so I would think that you know if I if I'm preparing an image for canvas versus photo paper, um, personally I don't edit them any differently um, or, or prepare them any differently. Um, so my my short answer to that would be. You know, you probably want to prepare and edit, edit it as best you possibly can, regardless of what medium you're going to print it out on. Um, but having said that, I don't know. There's different canvases. There's definitely different photo papers. Some some images suit different types of material, paper, canvas, rag, whatever it might be. So that's probably where I, I lose out on this question. But to me, I'd be saying uh, in regards to preparing your image, I'd be preparing it exactly how you would, regardless of what you're printing it on. Um, but Brendan, who is the, the master printer in the uh, in the, <laughs> oh, in the, du- <laughs> the duo here, you might be able to shed a bit more light on I, that. What I, do you think? I am a I am a printer of photographs. That is correct. And no. what you've just said there is mostly correct. Um, mm. Don't change the way you prepare your image. 
depending on what surface it's going to be printed on, prepare it as you normally would. And by that I mean prepare it so it looks as best it can, as you're as happy with it as you can be on your screen. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things here. First of all, not all images are created equal when it comes to canvas, and that is, to give you an example, the photos in our backgrounds, um, cams versus mine. Cams, in my opinion, would look better on canvas than mine, and the reason being there's a lot of water in my photo and a highly reflective surfaces in my water, which still look great on canvas, but they look better on uh, uh, pearl finishes, papers, that sort of stuff, and also yep. more of your metallic papers as well when you get the reflections and things like that. Um, yep. The shot behind Cam, which has got a much more muted sort of matte look to it, really yep. suits canvas. Now, don't, don't let that put you off getting your images printed on canvas. It's just be selective with which images you are putting on canvas. For example, rainforest shots look great on canvas. Um, uh, the, the aerial bird's eye view shots with a lot of color saturation can look really good mm -hmm. on canvas as well. Yeah. Canvas is a matte finish, does has no reflection whatsoever. So right. that's what I love about canvas is that it's um, it is that matte finish. You, it means when you hang it in a room, uh, particularly a well lit room. So let's say you get a lot of daylight, a lot of windows. Quite often, if you put a, yeah. an image that's glass, uh, even if it's non reflective glass, you'll still get yeah. a some kind yeah. of reflection. Yeah, that's right. It'll it'll still reflect something, won't it? Yeah, and you'll be yeah. looking at a fantastic mirror of yourself rather than looking at a fantastic, a great photo that you've taken. So yeah. um, getting going back to the top, you're exactly right. Companies like, and I, and I hate bad-mouthing, but they do cheap prints. They do it for a price. They're price-driven, and these are your mass merchants. Cam mentioned one before. Harvey there's Norman. also Harvey Norman. There's Kmart. <laughs> there's uh, Big W. There's Officeworks, all these guys. And they... they, they <laughs> I didn't say that. They um, they they print to a price point, okay? And the first thing that goes when you're talking about price is quality. So yep. I use Ilford canvases at the moment. Um, I use Ilford natural canvas, which is a beautiful canvas. And the reason it's beautiful is because it's so good to stretch because I yep. do all the canvas stretching on the, on the like I mount them on the stretcher bar. Yep. Um, and just recently, and I'm talking this year, I have moved over to the Ilford Galicia canvas, which is bloody stunning. It's beautiful. It's got a slightly, I think, a slightly heavier texture on the weave of the canvas. So that yeah. texture of the canvas comes through a lot more. Um, yeah. It's a heavier weight canvas as well and slightly more expensive when I sell it. Um, however, it's fantastic. Now, when it comes to image pre preparation, the reason why you get it looking as good as you can is because it comes up on my screen and my screen is calibrated yes. uh, to, to the canvas. So, yeah. um, so I use image calibrated. I use profiles that are set up for the Galicia canvas and set up for natural canvas. As a matter of fact, I've even custom profiled the natural canvas because that's what I use the most. Uh, yeah. staff member who works for me, Michael, um, actually made a custom profile, and that is printing out uh, a color chart on the canvas that we print on, on my printer, and then yeah. we had uh, we had that scanned. Um, the name of the tool escapes me at the moment, but it's, a, it's basically a, 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 a scanner that picks up every single color and then basically sets the profile. Um, yep. No two printers are the same. It is impossible. Even if they come off the same production line right next to each other, no two printers are the same. There are always slight discrepancies in the color. And it yeah, can be a little bit right. frustrating as well. So, Jesse, 
calibrate your monitor first and foremost. Um, get your monitor calibrated so you've got a base to work from, um, yep. either by using a calibration tool or just even to the point where we can send you a sample uh, a photo of yours printed on canvas that you can literally hold up next to your monitor and then you can change your monitor settings to at least closely reflect the print that we send you. You don't think it's exactly yep. the same, but a monitor calibration tool will certainly go a long way to, yeah. to, to getting that sorted out for you. So yeah. this is a really long-winded answer. I'm sorry. I'll no, never a, be invited well, back on DeerCam again. <laughs> I'll, I'll butt in there for a second. I, like I use the calibrate. I use a spider. It's a spider X calibration just because yep. I know Jesse's next question is going to be what calibration should I use. Um, that one is you, ha you actually plug it in and hang it over your screen and it does all these tests and calibrates yep. it. They're not cheap in a way, but um, if you are looking to do a lot more printing, Jesse, then calibrating your screen uh, really should be the top of your list of things to do. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we strive for when we print a photo is consistency. So if you, Jesse, if you sent me a photo today and we printed you and send you the canvas, well, if you've had a customer that ordered the same print in 12 months time, you can guarantee yep. when we send you the next one, it's going to look exactly the same. So Quick. we're looking for consistency. Question without notice, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a dear Brendan here as well. So it this is goes back to Jesse's question. So in regards to papers and canvases, so Jesse is obviously worried about printing out of places that do a bit more cheaper printing versus maybe printing on a higher canvas. Like the one thing about those those sort of cheaper can, uh, printing places that we mentioned, the one thing I know that they don't do is that they don't have someone like Brendan sitting there making adjustments, you know, to make sure everything lines up the paper, the the photo, the contrast, everything like that. They generally just press a button and print it off. So it's almost like automotive where, you know, if you take it to a proper lab, they should be sitting down and making sure that everything looks good before they press the button. But is there much of a difference in paper quality and cost as for saying, you know, like the, the better the better paper, is it comparative to the better ca canvas in regards to pricing or is canvas still a lot cheaper or, you know, what, what's the comparison there? Yeah, I think I think I get the gist of your question and that is... Good, because I generally, <laughs> generally speaking, um, your mass merchant um, guys who are printing photos for you will print on one stock, and that is yeah. the cheapest they can get their hands on, or the, yeah. the you know the cheapest paper that whoever the company did a deal with. Mate, I've seen people come in with photos that have been printed at Kmart, for example, and oh look, they were nine cents a print. Fantastic, great, good on you. Go and save your money. I understand that. Yeah. Um, they were terrible. The, yeah. the, the skin tones just way off. Um, yeah. Nothing had been calibrated. You could tell it was just it, exactly what you just said. You get some kid that sees a picture on the screen and pushes print, and then goes and sells a cushion to someone. Yeah, or, in right. a, or in the case of other mass merchants, goes and sells an air conditioner. You know, yeah. they're not they're not specialists, and and yeah. every single image that comes through. This is just me blowing my own trumpet, but every single image that comes through camera and photo is looked at and checked. Yeah. We we don't just hit print and go and do something else and come back and put your photos in an envelope. As yeah. they're coming through, first of all, as they're coming through, we're checking, we're looking for, uh, particularly these days, um, people, uh, there is a tendency to underexpose images. Now, normally that's because people are a little bit lazy and they shoot photo family photos that are backlit, they're silhouetted, yeah. you know. So if an image comes across like that to me, I don't go, well, you're only paying nine cents for it print. I yeah. go, no, you've come to me because we charge a little bit more because we produce a better quality image. I'm going yeah. to correct that for you. Yeah. Now, yeah. 
We can also print without corrections. That's totally fine. And, and a, a lot of pros that we print for will just say, just print these with no corrections because they've calibrated their setup and they know they yeah, don't need right. any changes. So that's totally yeah. fine. But we check every image, not only when we send it to the printer, but as it comes off the printer as well. Yeah, and okay. you know, we get in the habit of, um, and, and if they're not right, we redo them. Uh, and, yeah. and, and even to the point where if you come and pick them up or we send them out to you and they're not right and you don't like them, you tell us, we redo them. We don't charge yeah. you, we redo yeah. them. So make yeah. sure that you're happy. Um, yeah. And the last thing I'll say, because I'm rabbiting on, but the last thing I'll say about paper stock in particularly, particularly, in particular, <laughs> is the uh, longevity of the paper. Now, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that we do our 6x4 prints on archival quality paper. We don't. Um, we don't mainly because if we did, we'd have to charge probably a dollar fifty per six by four. Okay, yeah. so the um, the longevity of our paper is still very very good, and I'm talking, you know, seventy five to hundred years. If you keep it in an album, yeah, it's going right. to out, it'll outlast anyone. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's fine. But uh, the higher end papers that we use, um, some of them are archival as well. Yeah. So which yeah. means they'll last, you know hundreds of years a lot, a lot yeah. longer so whereas yeah. i've seen it i've seen it happen people go to kmart harvey norman big dub all these places get their photos printed and they've faded within three months yeah yeah not faded disappeared but you can start yeah. to see where things yeah have, that's right are starting to fade so i think um, i think uh i think as well and this is for jesse as well i think if you if you're taking this much time to think about you know how you print your photo canvas or photo paper good canvas, cheap canvas, whatever it might be, cheap cost, more expensive. If you're spending that much thought in what you're going to print off, then obviously your work is at a standard that you are actually putting that effort in with that thought. So to me, for the sake of paying, you know, maybe another 20% or 30% more on top of what the cheaper people do, for the sake of getting a high quality output, it's a no-brainer for me. And if you are looking to say, to sell your work, uh, you know, and you're going to sell that canvas to someone or whatever, then you incorporate that in, in your pricing and your costing, you know. And exactly how we've crapped on about what, why the reason you would do that is exactly the same reason you would give to a customer who's buying a print. If they say, well, you know, Cam only sells his canvases for $99, why is Brendan's $299? Well, Cam gets his printed on cheap, non-archival canvas paper or proto-paper no, you know, it's not calibrated, it's not edited very well, blah, blah, blah. Brendan's work, well, it's printed on high-quality paper, edited really well, calibrated, checked. You know, you, you can sell the sizzle and the sausage at the same time, and that's what you should be doing with your work. So I would say, yeah, if you can, you know, everyone's got a budget, but if you can squeeze a bit more out of your budget to get a high-quality output canvas or print, do it. It's, and you'll, you'll notice it. You'll notice it straight away as well. It's totally worth it. Totally worth yeah. it. So um, yeah. there you go. That was the longest ever dear cam. I shall never answer a dear cam again. Yeah. No, Thanks, Jesse. Jeez. Probably will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have got a special guest. We have. Um, we have locked him away. Um, Cameron, you've done all the work on to get this. To get, yeah, to get I've, 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 I've done a lot of work. I think I've done three emails, maybe. <laughs> um, let's yeah, let's, we let's are, tell everyone who it is. Yeah, yeah. So next week we are recording an interview. Next, So we're recording this on Thursday night. Next Wednesday morning, early Australian time, we are getting up, Brendan and I. We are not going to look our best. Uh, but we are going to get up early to interview a gentleman who lives in San Diego. Uh, his name is Ben Horn. Uh, for those who know landscape photography, you should know Ben. 
and his work. Uh, he shoots almost exclusively on large format film. Uh, if you don't know who Ben is, uh, go check out Ben Horn on YouTube. Uh, he does some amazing video adventures. It's in the link, apparently, or it's on the screen. It might be both. Link in um, description. Link in description. He, um, oh, it's actually written in the notes, link in description. Um, <laughs> he actually does uh, amazing YouTube stories. He's a really, really good storyteller. Um, uh, we've had a couple of chats on emails. He's super excited to come down uh, and have a bit of an interview. Uh, he's got really big following online. Um, lots of people love his work. He, he has an Instagram account. He's on Twitter a fair bit. Uh, he has a bit of a, uh, a bit of a piss take Instagram account as well. I think it's called the Wilderness Influencer. Uh, where he has a, a like a little almost life-size model that he takes around and puts them in red jackets in front of waterfalls and things like that. That's, that's, that's why I think he's pretty cool. But we're going to interview him next week. Um, really excited to um, to have a chat to him. I, I said I've never met him before. I've only just emailed him. Uh, so he's been very, very kind to give up a bit of his time to come and talk to us down here on the Down South Photo Show. So that should hopefully be up either as the next episode or the one after, depending on how we go. Uh, and time-wise getting it all sorted. But look up Ben Horn, H-O-R-N-E, um, landscape photographer, large format film. He does digital as well, uh, but large format film. Think Ansel Adams, think Peter Dombrovskis, think anyone you can think of that's a classic film photographer. Do yourself uh, a really- favour, if you're looking up his channel, watch it on a big screen. Uh, yes, and 100%. In full res- and in full resolution. He puts a yeah. lot of effort into... Um, yeah. Like... Obviously, we do as well with the um, with the quality of his production. Clearly, uh, <laughs> hope he's not uh, watching this. He probably is. I hope he yeah. is. Hi, Ben. Um, G'day, ben. We'll chat with you next week. So, yeah, tune in for that. Um, exciting. We're, we're, we're uh, like I said earlier. We're, we're hoping monthly to go live. We're also hoping monthly to have a special guest on. So, yeah. Um, well, I was going to say with special guests, like I said, this is our first sort of guest. Oh, Ash, Ash was pretty big. Ash who's was a guest host. Uh, this will be our first actual guest that we're interviewing. Um, we're not interviewers, although we're doing a little bit of research on this one. We're actually researching. We're going to try and not waste Ben's time and actually make it interesting for him and everyone else. Um, but if you, I was going to say, if anyone's got someone that they love the work of, um, maybe maybe chuck it in the comments or you know send us an email or a message. Uh, we have no shame in approaching anyone around the globe to come Literally on the show. Literally anybody. Anyone. We will ask anyone, anywhere, um, to come on this show and have a chat to us. Um, like I said, Ben, Ben's like, in my opinion, he's uh, he's very inspirational towards me. Every time I watch one of his videos live on the big screen or um, watch it re- on YouTube on the big screen, I just get I get that itchy trigger finger. I want to go out and shoot. Um, he, he goes to some amazing places, mostly around you know the the west coast of America. Uh, so things like no, west coast, yeah, west coast, uh, Death Valley, Zion. Uh, all these other cool national parks, but uh, yeah, he uh, he's a, he's a big player in the landscape photography global audience, I think. And for him to come on our little measly little downtown photo show is pretty exciting for all of us. So, oh, mate, but yeah, he's just, if, he's just coming on it to get more subscribers. Clearly, he's coming on. Um, so yeah, uh, but if you've got anyone else that you think you know, let's put it out there. I'm I'm happy to embarrass myself to go ask him to come on our little show. And who knows? It might might become a show where we just get international superstars, and we still only have three hundred followers. Who knows? Cam's our PR man. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so that's it for the Down South Photo Show episode number thirty-one. We shall be back next week. Cam, um, what do you uh, got coming up this week? 
Uh, I'm doing a photo talk. I think you're. Do- when, when's your photo talk? Have Mine's in a couple of no. weeks. A couple of weeks. So I'm doing a photo talk on um, this weekend uh, for the Tasmanian Federation of Photography. So they're an over overseeing. I didn't know they actually existed until about a year ago. But Tassie has, you know, like Victoria and everywhere else, has a, a handful of you know little camera clubs, and these guys oversee all of them and they do these bigger events. So. We've got uh, a function hall up in Launceston on the weekend where I'm doing a three-hour, excuse me, three-hour chat on landscape photography and editing, um, which is going to be pretty cool. And then off to the Tarkon next week. And then um, I've also got some Cradle Mountain workshops that are starting to get full as well. So we've got one in, I think it's June, and then in August uh, for winter. So if anyone's ever keen to come to Cradle Mountain under snow, uh, it is, wow, you know where it is. You can. It's a it's a specky place. It's a specky place anyway. But chuck some snow. Just just think wombats, snow, cradle mountain, icy things. Uh, so look that that's all on the website tasphoto.com.au. So what about you, young sir? Uh, big big week ahead um, with business. We're we're doing. We've got a lot of orders to get through. <laughs> I'll be honest. We've got. Yeah. I will be doing those fourteen hour days. Uh, for the next yeah. week or so, um, not on Sunday though. I have my annual golf day on, so I shall be enjoying that. Um, Thank you. But other than that, it will be business as usual and getting our teeth into it. Uh, thanks yeah. for joining us tonight on the Down South Photo Show. We will catch up with you for episode number thirty-two next week. Have you got anything else to add, Cam? That's it. No, that's it. I'm done. Thanks, everyone. Uh, don't forget uh, again. Just going back to our main topic tonight: Lifeline. If you need to talk to someone, Lifeline and Beyond Blue. The numbers will be in the description below. Uh, get your cameras out. Clear the soul. Get some fresh air. It's, it's good for you. I intend to. Thanks, everyone. We will see you next week. Catch us later. Bye. Bye.